Playoffs. You want to talk about playoffs? That's right. Football's playoffs start this weekend, and there's no better place to get in all the action than with DraftKings at Casino Queen Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. What's up? It's Jonathan Hood. If you haven't checked out the app yet, there's no better time to sign up and start cashing in to celebrate the most exciting time of the football season. DraftKings at Casino Queen Sportsbook is giving you the chance to double your money. All it takes is for one touchdown to be scored during Saturday's football games. That's right. Once you opt in and place your bet, all you got to do is sit back and wait for a touchdown. While we're all excited about the football season, don't forget about the 2021 basketball season. It's kicked off, so head to the app now to check out all of DraftKings' daily odds boost. Download the top-rated DraftKings at Casino Queen Sportsbook app now and use the promo code WMVP when you sign up to have a shot at doubling your money. If a touchdown is scored in one of Saturday's football games, that's code WMVP. For new players to get a shot at doubling their money, for a limited time, only with DraftKings at Casino Queen Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Illinois only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. If you or someone else get a gambling problem, crisis counseling, referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER, 1-800-426-2537. Popovich. Played very well tonight. Great team defense. Did a good job. Kobe Bryant. He is hard to believe. Michael Jordan. Michael double teamed on the drive in for the left. Gets chased into the corner. Comes right back. Happy New Year. It's 2021. Welcome to the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast brought to you by DraftKings at Casino Queen Sportsbook. I am Jonathan Hood. Hope you're checking out the Cap and J Hood morning show daily, 7 to 10 a.m. Central Time. If not live on ESPN 1000, definitely check it out on the ESPN Chicago app. This is a special for the Cap and J Hood podcast listener. If you love basketball, college basketball, pro basketball, this is the show for you. We get you ready for Bulls basketball. We talk about some of the storylines around the NBA and also college basketball as well. The great Dion Thomas who was great at Simeon, great with the Illini, and is the Illini color analyst on the radio side for the Fighting Illini. We will hear from Deion Thomas momentarily here on our show. But let's start off and talk about the NBA and the Bulls. The Bulls are 3-4 and four in their first seven games of the season. They defeated the Dallas Mavericks this past Sunday, 118-108. to I watched the game, and yes, it is true that there was no Doncic. He was out for the Mavericks. Porzingis has been out as well. So it was a different type of look now for the Bulls. The Bulls were without Lowry Markkinen, also Thomas Sadoransky, Chandler Hutchinson, and our Archie Diacono. So the Bulls were missing some players as well. But I would just always point this out. When you say, oh, there's no Doncic, there's no Przingis. So of course the Bulls won. Nothing's guaranteed. 
Nothing's guaranteed. You'd rather win that game and have a building block and win some games and learn how to win than to lose that game when you're facing the likes of Tim Hardaway Jr., who's very good, and Brunson and Richardson. Uh, so the Bulls win the game. And so what really resonated with me is a couple of things. First of all, Zach Levine. You and I both know that he could fill it up. We know that he can score. He had 39 points against Dallas, 39 points, five assists, Three steals, six rebounds. Um, He was all over the floor. And also Kobe White, 23 points. The thing I always wonder about is who else is going to be able to step up and be able to help out this team offensively. And again, there's a lot of moving parts with the Bulls. A number of teams are going through this because of COVID-19 protocols. But I really like that the Bulls were able to score the ball, especially a ton in the first half. Levine carried the team pretty much in the first half because of how many points he scored. He was 3 for 9 from 3. Kobe White was 4 from 9 from 3. I'm circling a couple things. Every podcast I'll tell you about White and Levine, but also I'm looking at Wendell Carter Jr.'s development. 7 points, 7 rebounds. You want the big guy to stay out of foul trouble. He only had uh, 3 fouls in the game. You want him to be able to increase his minutes and, of course, increase his confidence as well. So I thought that that was a good win for the Bulls against the Mavericks. And now here we go with that West Coast trip, right? The old circus trip, we used to call it. On Wednesday, the Bulls will take on Portland, a team that can score a ton. I know that they are going to find a way to beat down the Bulls after Steph Curry put a huge number on the Portland Trail Blazer. He was just absolutely unstoppable. So it's Portland, it's Sacramento, it's the Lakers and the Clippers before coming home on January 12th to take on the Boston Celtics. Some thoughts now from Billy Donovan. I thought he had a, a lot of great salient points he, he's, he's very measured, but also very thoughtful when he has his press conferences. And so it's good to hear his thoughts on Zach Levine and other things with this Bulls team. But first, his thoughts on Zach Levine. Yeah, I think it's going to be, Joe, a learning process for these guys. I mean, I would not consider Zach a young player. Um, but he really maybe for a, a good portion of his career has probably had so many different coaches, so many different teams, and you know, maybe hasn't been in a lot of meaningful games, so to speak, you know, late in the season. But I, you know, I think he wants to learn. Uh, he's a bright guy. He's smart. Um, I think he knows that, um, you know, we're just not going to always just put the ball in his hands and ask him to, to bring us home. To your point, he made a great pass to Otto and, or, or maybe Casey mentioned that and he, and he scored, but he's, I, I think he is learning. You know, I, I, I've seen a lot of growth and improvement in him, and he wants to win. And he wants—I think he wants to—he wants a direction of the things he's he's got to do. But like I've always said to him, it, it just can't be you shooting the ball. Like you have to make plays. You have to make basketball plays. You have to read the defense. You can't predetermine and make up your mind of what you want to do. What is the defense saying to you to do? Like, like on that pass to Otto, it was a it was a great read. He made a great, I thought, bounce pass to Thad. That kind of bobbled it out of bounds, and we lost it on a turnover but it was the right play I felt like he made the right plays coming down the stretch even though it maybe wasn't always shooting the basketball but he's really trying and he's working and um you know I, I think he's um you know he, he's I, I I've just tried to tell him is he has to stay aggressive and I think sometimes he he is not as aggressive as he needs to be and that doesn't mean shooting but it means with his athleticism, getting out in transition, attacking the basket, attacking the paint, taking your shots when they're there, you know, getting catch and shoots, not allowing the defense to crowd you. And I think he's trying to do the things we're asking him to do. And, you know, he was really, really big time tonight for us. I mean, he had half our points in the first half. 
I mean, our schedule is really, really hard, and it's going to be hard. We're going to find out a little bit more about ourselves every time we play. Um, I think the unfortunate part for us has been the fact that, you know, our roster has been so inconsistent in terms of players being available, and we've had to do a lot of different things. And, you know, hopefully there'll be a point where we get everybody back and we'll have to fit, you know, people back in again. Um, you know, when you lose Lowry and you lose Sato, it takes a little bit of an adjustment period to figure out, you know, who's playing what spots and what times and rotations. And then, you know, those guys end up coming back. Hutch comes back and and uh, Arch comes back with those guys. Then you're trying to you're back to square one of integrating those guys, trying to get those guys ready to compete and play. So, I mean, it's going to be a very, very um, uh, challenging time until, you know, we can get everybody on our, our roster, you know, together on a consistent basis. And I give our guys a lot of credit with, you know, myself and a staff being new and trying to put in different things on offense and defense and terminology and, and very, very limited training camp and a lead up to the start of the season. No fans missing players. Uh, these guys have really worked hard and have really tried to stay engaged and have tried to improve. And, you know, I, I really, really appreciate that from, from all of them because uh, you know, I understand Dantich didn't play. He's a great player. You know, Laurie's been out for us. You got to deal with this, and different people have got to kind of, you know, be able to help you. You know, step up when, in, in rotations and when they when when we need help from people. And I think the guys have done a good job of that thus far. Billy Donovan, the head coach for the Chicago Bulls, talking after the Bulls defeated the Dallas Mavericks. Interesting thoughts that he had. I thought on Zach Levine. And as I always say, like Zach Levine is uh, is. Uh, solid player, but is he a number one for a, a basketball team? That's the question. And, and so he's a number one on this team, but all of this is evaluation for this Bulls team. And so that's what I'm looking forward to seeing uh, moving forward to see a healthy Bulls team and then see w- what they're all going to look like. Will they all come back next year, next couple of years? You know, when you are a team that struggled and now you're trying to find a new identity, that's the whole thing with this uh, Bulls team. Let me read you a a line, okay? Here's a stat line. 62 points, 18 for 31 from the field, 8 for 16 from 3, 18 for 19 from the foul line, 5 rebounds, 4 assists. That's Steph Curry in 36 minutes of play. 62 points to lead the Warriors to a 137 to 122 victory against the Portland Trail Blazers. I know that it's the league, right? It's the NBA, and we're all about next, and we're all about trying to turn the page. Like, is Luka going to be MVP, or what's going on going on with the Brooklyn Nets and KD and Kyrie, or what's going on with LeBron James? Will the Lakers be able to repeat? That's a lot of questions, right? But we still can't forget that Steph Curry's still in the league and that he's healthy. Yes, he does not have Clay. Thompson. And it's a different team. It's a Warriors team that's going to have some growing pains for sure. The whole thing is, though, is that Steph Curry can still shoot from the moon. I've never seen shooting like Steph Curry ever in my life. And we're talking about great players. We're talking about great shooters. You know, when I saw three pointers back in my day, when I saw three pointers, when there's three pointers put up in the late 80s, they would stop the game and then have like confetti come down from the ceiling as a celebration because you didn't see it very often right but Steph Curry is that dude 
what a great player to lead the Warriors with 62 points. The next highest scorer was Wiggins with 21 for the Warriors. And that's why the Portland Trailblazers will be sharpening their teeth, ready to take on the Bulls coming up on Wednesday. Because even though Dame Dollar had 32 points and McCollum had 28 yeah, it's nothing like the 62 from Steph Curry, that is for sure. Um, rest in peace, a couple of really great coaches. One Hall of Fame coach, Paul Westfall, and the other one was Casey Jones. We don't talk enough about Casey Jones. Anytime you think about those great uh, Larry Bird, Robert Parrish, Kevin McHale, Danny Ainge-led Celtics teams, we forget about the head coach, and we should not. Are the Celtics that successful without Casey Jones? He was the leader for that Boston Celtics team. He passed away over the holidays. So rest in peace, two really good coaches. Definitely on the two Hall of Fame coaches, Paul Westfall and Casey Jones. Kevin Durant, he's going to miss four games because of COVID-19 protocols. He's got a seven-day quarantine going up because of an exposure of a positive test. Hey, you know, it's early in the season, but I'm interested in seeing what this um, – Brooklyn Nets outfit's going to look like. Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie had successful ACL surgery, so he's going to make a full recovery. But I'm just curious, right? Kind of like the fire on the side of the road. I'm just curious to see exactly what Kevin uh, Durant and Kyrie Irving's going to look like together, right? So you've got a couple of uh, Nets that are out. Once they're healthy, I'm very interested to see how that all works with Steve Nash as the head coach for the team. T.J. Warren uh, had surgery to repair a stress fracture in his left foot. T.J. Warren, that's a big blow to the Pacers. I I believe the Pacers could be a playoff team, uh, being part of the mix in the East, but you know, Victor Oladipo, does he want to stay in Indianapolis or not? That's a big question mark. Oh, speaking of Indianapolis, let me get to this. So we come to find out uh, on Monday that Indianapolis will be the site for the NCAA tournament. And I just know that being in Indianapolis uh, a number of times, the Final Four and other events, Indianapolis is perfect for the uh, for the. NCAA tournament, but that, let alone the Final Four. It's a really good city. Everything's close together. It's the circle. Everything is within proximity. So um, it's pretty good. If we can get there <laughs> as a college basketball fan, if we can get there, uh, Indianapolis could be really solid for the 2021 Men's Final Four. The 2021 Men's Final Four is scheduled for April 3rd and 5th at Lucas Oil Stadium and will be the city's eighth men's final four obviously being located in the midwest it's a perfect driving distance for me to be able to get there let alone a very quick flight but um, indianapolis if we can get there on the other side of this pandemic indianapolis will be a nice spot for the ncaa final four um so i'm looking forward to that if we can get there I have been watching a ton of college basketball over the holidays. And don't forget the Under the Hood basketball podcast is brought to you by DraftKings at Casino Queen Sportsbook. You can find this podcast, its entire feed, on Spotify. Look for Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. You can be able to go right into that and you'll be able to hear this podcast or on the Cap'n J Hood feed on the ESPN Chicago app. By the way... We'll watch a ton of college basketball, as I mentioned. Gonzaga holds true. They're the number one team in the AP Top 25 poll. There's a few teams that changed a little bit. Baylor is number two. Villanova, who's going to be missing three games now because of COVID-19, three, Texas, four. 
Texas, the number four team in the country. Boy, I tell you what, the turnaround so far for Shaka Smart, interesting. Only because they went into Kansas at the field house and beat Kansas. I don't care if there's fans there or not. That's amazing for Kansas to drop three spots as they are now the number six team in the country. So we take a look at the status quo of Gonzaga. For me, for Mark Few, it's win or bust, right? We've been waiting for this for so long for Gonzaga. Mark Few's got a great program. And so is it going to be the year for Gonzaga? We're going to find out if the Zags can get it done. So we'll take a look at the conferences before we hear from Deion Thomas. I just want to point this out. The Big Ten continues to have the biggest haul of ranked teams, uh, though the Big 12 has a strong showing in the polls' top tier. The Big Ten has seven ranked teams, including three in the top 10, along with Illinois and Rutgers. But the Big 12 has three of the top six teams in Baylor, Texas, and Kansas, uh, and five teams overall. So it's a, I'm going to talk to Dion about where he places the Big 10 uh, amongst the best conferences in college basketball. But I'll tell you one thing. Outside of what Fred Hoiberg is not doing uh, at Nebraska, Penn State's down a little bit. Uh, There is a lot of quality teams, and there's really very few nights off in the Big Ten. So the ACC, by the way, has five teams, but again, it's got a backloaded bunch. The Tigers and the Hokies, uh, they are the highest ranked of that quintet, uh, followed by number 19, uh, and then Duke and Virginia, and also Florida State's down to 25. So that was the AP poll that came out on Monday. So speaking of college basketball, it's been very interesting to watch, especially in the Big Ten. I talked to the great Deion Thomas. Deion Thomas was a great high school player at Simeon, great college player for the Fighting Illini, and is the Illini color analyst, and also has a couple of podcasts that I want to talk to him about that as well. I talked to Deion about a number of things, including the three-game winning streak that the Illini are on right now coming off their victory against Purdue. Deion Thomas on the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast. Well, the last victory against Purdue, I think what stood out was the fact that Io didn't have to do all the work. Um, you had other guys step up. You finally had Adam Miller be able to knock down some jump shots and play well. And seeing the rest of the, I guess, the supporting class play really well, um, and I not having to have that big night was really good for, for Illinois. Maybe it's just me, Coach. I just see so much energy when I'm watching the Illini. Every game, it just seems like it's something different. It's it's more than Coburn and, and Desumu. I, I, I love that one-two punch, but it just seems like there's a lot of energy around the program. Oh, no, no doubt. No doubt. I agree with you 100% on that. Of course, you know, right now, statistically, I.O. and Kofi are the best, you know, the best two one-two punch in, in the country right now. But when you have guys playing well, like Andre Cavello, who comes in and has really kicked things up for them. I mean, his plus-minus is one of the highest in the country when he steps on the floor. And he brings a specific, you know, a, a, a juice to this team that amps them up even more. And then you have the other freshman that's playing really well for them. I mean, his minutes, I'm assuming, will go up as time goes on with Coleman Hawkins. He's playing extremely well. You know, you have a 6'10 kid that you can put at multiple positions on the floor, and he's not doing anything but getting better. And as you and I both know, after seeing Adam Miller all through high school, his game will, he will, he will get settled in. And as he gets settled in, this team will be uh, even better. 
And one of the guys I think that really doesn't get, well, a couple of the guys that really doesn't get the notoriety that they should is DeMonte Williams and the job that Georgie and Billy are both doing. Mm-hmm. Um, both on the glass, doing those little things in the offense to get the ball to guys in really good positions where they can score. So when you say there's an energy around the team, it is. And I mean, and it's infectious. Of course, it starts from the top with Brad Underwood. But what Io and Kofi are doing, and then when you put Carmelo in the mix, got a nice little uh, dish going on there, man. And they are playing extremely well together. So uh, you have worked extensively with big men in the past, and I see Coburn out there, and I just see something different every game where you seems like he's expanding his game a lot, Coach. What, what do you like most about his game in particular amongst big men that you've seen? I'll tell you this. For simple for me is his timing. Mm-hmm. He has, you know, you could see the difference between last year and this year. He really allows the lane to clear out before he starts to put the ball on the floor. Last year, guys were able to dig on him, um, especially being a big guy when he would dribble the ball or bring the ball down. He hasn't done that. He's been patient in order to allow guys to make their cuts or to move out of the way before he starts to play one-on-one. And then what he's added to his game um, is really a big help for him. He's added a left-hand, right-hand jump hook. And once he plants both feet in the middle of the paint, there's absolutely nothing that you'll be able to do to supplant him from his position. So when he gets there and he has learned, be calm, be patient, get your jump hook off, whether it's with your left hand or your right hand. And then he's also shown the ability to be able to pass the ball um, out of the post, which has really made things difficult for defenders. So, Coach, you wouldn't know anything about this because every time you played, especially in high school and college, it was sold out. I mean, I had to pay the security guard 20 bucks just to get in, just to get a, a floor seat, just to be able to just stand there and just watch you. But when you're taking a look at what's going on with this COVID-19 and empty arenas across the, the Big Ten and across the college basketball landscape, yeah, how, how difficult is that for a coaching staff to to cultivate a team and say, hey, create your own energy because there's no one against you and there's no one for you? Oh, my gosh. I mean, that's that's extremely difficult. Um, I, I can't imagine the number of conversations or the things that you could actually have to do in practice to try to simulate what's going to happen when you step on the floor. Now, of course, they people will think, oh, well, yeah, you'll get used to it. No, you never get used to it because uh, you have to think about it. From the time these kids started bouncing a basketball, you had that crowd noise. I mean, whether it's your parents yelling in the stands when you were four and five years old as you were trying to bounce the basketball, or whether it was the AAU when you were, you know, playing AAU basketball in the gyms and field. So you consistently throughout the time these guys have been playing have had noise and have had distractions going on. So to have to self-motivate, and you can see the teams that can do it and the ones that don't do it very well, that can self-motivate and really get themselves going is tremendous. And it's going to give most of these teams an advantage to be able to do that. What Illinois has, is, is fortunate to have, one, is a head coach that already is very high energy. So Brad is going to be able to produce some of that. And you have a, a leader on your team like Ayo DeSumo who's really focused about pushing things forward, and those guys really follow him. But where I think the juice comes in at, and you can watch it every time they step on the floor, and I mentioned his name before, I've taken Javi Baez's name, nickname and I've given it to uh, Andre Carmelo, El Mago, 
the magician. Every time he steps on the floor, the energy level that Illinois plays with on both ends of the floor, along with their productiveness, just goes through the roof. That That's part of coaching too, right, Coach? Because you got Corbello coming off the bench giving you quality, giving you starters minutes. In the last game against Purdue, 29 minutes, he had eight points, six assists. But that doesn't tell the story of how he was all over the floor and involved in so many different things. So that's obviously, obviously got to be a conversation with Corbello. Like, hey, don't worry about being announced uh, at the starting lineup. Just come in and be able to maximize your minutes when you're on the floor. Well, you're 100% right. And to get young people to believe in their role, is huge, especially for freshmen that come in with so much fanfare as he did and as you know Adam Miller did. Come in with that fanfare, but yet to go out there and, as you mentioned, maybe not start the game. But one of the things we I had Brad in post-game interview, and we talked about this, and he says, Dion, I tell them, don't worry about who's on the floor at the beginning of the game. You worry about who's on the floor at the end of the game. And speaking of Andre Cabello himself, this young man is always on the floor to close out games, especially here recently. In the beginning, he had foul trouble, so he ended up having to come out and sit down. But now, the last three or four games, he's really corrected that, and he's always on the floor at the end of the game because he orchestrates everything that goes on. He allows Io to be, he frees up Io to be himself, to be able to get out and transition, to be able to come off ball screens in the half-court situation, or he's able to create for himself, for Kofi, for Io, or any of the other shooters that have um, spotted up around the uh, around the arc. As you see, Demonte Williams right now is leading the nation in three-point shoots because this kid gets them wide-open shots. And as you mentioned, that's hugely important. And then, you know, back to our comment before, this kid brings an energy to the team that is infectious once he steps out there. We're seeing a ton of Big Ten basketball. It's it's really high-level, top-shelf basketball I've been watching, especially over the holidays, and I've watched a lot of Iowa already this season. So what's the likelihood, Coach, that Luca Garza could be player of the year? If I gave you Garza or the field, would you, would you pick Garza? I'd pick Garza, uh, and I'd pick Garza because there are not very many big men in the country that, one, has the skill level that he does, the ability to play both inside and outside the way he does, that plays as hard as he does. This young man works his tail off. But one of the things that's even more important is that team understands that the road goes through Luca Garza. So 80% of the, 80, 90% of the time, he may not be the one that takes the shot, but he's going to be the one that touches the ball. And for a big guy, you know, I remember those days, you depend on people to get you the rock. And they know, meaning those guys on that Iowa team, get the ball to Luca Garza. Because one, you're gonna get you're gonna get something done right. There's gonna be a basket, there's gonna be a foul, or it's gonna be an assist. Or last but not least, you're gonna at least get a, a great shot opportunity for him or for someone else. So he brings so much. So if if I had to bet against the, the him or the field, I'm taking him um every day of the week. Because I think he'll he's probably Outside of Mayo right now, the best player in the Big Ten and definitely the best player nationally. I um, I remember the emotion on the face of Juwan Howard and for him to come home to Ann Arbor to be the head coach from Michigan. I know that would be a dream mm-hmm. come true. I, I always thought that from his time with Miami coach, I thought, man, this would be a terrific NBA coach. Only because he's been was part of with Pat Riley 
Eric Spolstra, and I say, you know, this guy would be great for the Bulls or whatever team in the NBA, but he comes home to college and the emotion, the raw feeling of saying, hey, and I'm home and I want to right the ship, and then you see the start for the Wolverines with Franz Wagner, uh, Wagner and the other guys. It's, it's really a great start for uh, the Wolverines. Uh, what do you think of what Howard has done so far? Well, you know, I almost called him by his nickname. <laughs> Juwan and I have been friends since high school. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, competitors when we played against one another on the basketball court. I'm, I'm not surprised. Um, this is a guy that has the passion, the drive to be one of the best. Um, as you mentioned, learned a ton from Spolstra as well as Pat Riley during his time on the bench there. And he has a he has a, a distinct love and affinity for the University of Michigan. So to be out of, and then that's not you know of course I'm going to heap all the praise on him, but his staff is absolutely tremendous. So to be able to bring those guys in because no he didn't have the college recruiting experience, but he kept and brought in guys that can recruit, and then he could take you know his what his knows and his knowledge and his love for the university and be able to spread that throughout the program. So I'm not surprised that the, I will say I'm a little surprised at the start, but not surprised that they're doing really well because they're going to be well coached. And Juwan is going to be able to sell a style of basketball, not just to the players that are currently on the team, but the recruits that are coming in, that they'll enjoy what it is that they do. And that's what he does. He brings a lot of energy to what they do, how they play, and he gets the guys to understand that the, if they, they're going to go as far as they go playing together. I don't see any nights off in the Big Ten. Well, maybe a, maybe a one or two that's maybe down a little bit toward the bottom of the conference. But I, I, I see it being a very strong conference. I'm interested in seeing, especially if we can get through this pandemic and we can go through to see how many teams get to the, uh, to the dance. It's a very top-heavy league, is it not? It's one of the top heavy Big Ten? Yeah. Oh, no, I don't think it's top heavy at all. I think the Big Ten throughout is is, is um, a testament to how strong this, this conference is. I mean, just imagine. I mean, you, crap, you got, you got Michigan State down towards the bottom. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. how, how often is that going to happen? I mean, now, of course, the difference uh, in having um, Michigan State down there. Nebraska's down. They're going to be down for a little while. It's going to take a bit, a minute for Coach Hoiberg to get those guys up and rolling. But other than that, um, you know, you got Northwestern that's playing really well. This is the best, the best conference in college basketball, and to me, by far. I mean, you look at some of the other conferences; they may have three or four teams that are good. Illinois had nine teams ranked in the top twenty-five last week, and, and we'll probably have eight or nine again. This week, because, you know, the loss by Northwestern was to a quality team. So outside of being right on the brink, you're going to have those teams. So this Big Ten Conference, there are no easy nights, as you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Each game is going to be one where they're going to have to scratch and claw to get wins. You know, I was talking to someone earlier. We were talking about the Minnesota games. You're not going to have very many games like Minnesota against Illinois, where you have a blowout. In the Big Ten, you're going to consistently have games that are one or two possession games that are going to go down to the very end. 
Coach, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you about the passing of Donnie Kirksey. My neighbor, as a matter of fact, we don't, we don't live that far away from each other. Um, about three or four blocks was just amazing. Uh, I would see him in the yard. And, and of course, uh, being around the UIC program, uh, what was your reaction to and what are your memories of Coach Kirksey? I mean, I, I was saddened, uh, Jay. And saddened because I've known Donnie, oh, my gosh, Almost my whole, definitely my whole adult life. But, I mean, you can take it all the way back to high school is how long I've known Donnie um, Kirksey. And it, it was a tragedy to hear, but it lets you know just how this pandemic has taken some great people from us, um, how 2020 has taken some greats from us. And to have, when I heard about Donnie's passing, I mean, it came on the heels of Coach Collins, of course, passing. And then my dad passed away right after that. And then now, then I heard Donnie right after that. So all of this together has been extremely difficult. He's going to be missed. I mean, he touched the lives of a lot of young people um, coming up in Chicago basketball. And he had a lot of friends. He had a lot of people that respected him and cared about him. So very sad um, for him and for his family and, of course, for his wife, Dion. Yeah, for sure. 2020 was unrelenting. Just um, there's a, a lot of sadness for sure. But we're trying to think about what we can do for 2021. It was we reflect and get ready for uh, this new year. Um, uh, finally, tell me about your you have, are part of a podcast for the Illini, right? Are you you're doing some broadcasting outside of the color analysis for the Illini Sports Network? I am. I actually have a couple of uh, things going on. Um, we have what's called the Basketball Stadium Club, and that's through the university, through our athletic department, and it's sort of a pregame warm-up for our game. Um, we're not doing it every game, but on that show, we bring back former athletes. Um, we, Of course, we um, show appreciation to our donors and supporters. We have a donor of the week that we do. We have giveaways on there that we do, and so I'm the host where I bring on those athletes and interview them, and then we open it up and have questions and answers for our fans and supporters. And then I also have my my podcast, which is called Champagne on Ice, and that's through the Field of 68 Media Network, which was started here recently uh, by Jeff Goodman and Rob Dalsher. So we have... Basically, the Field of 68 covers the top 68 programs in the country, of course, which Illinois is, is a part of that. And I bring on, you know, former as well as uh, coaches, but past and present players to talk about what they're doing, where they are now, how they're doing. But yet we also talk Illinois basketball because so many of the alums have stayed a part of the program and they continue to follow. So when we get together we get to talk about io and kofi and how everything is going with the team so it's been a great it's been a lot of fun and if you don't mind uh, me plugging it you know this champagne on ice can be found on apple music as well as spotify and there people can like they can subscribe and i hope that they'll subscribe also to the field of 68 because we're doing some really good things and if they're interested in other programs whether it's north carolina Louisville, you know, they'll be able to get podcasts from some of their top players um, that are now in the broadcasting world as well. Of course I don't mind you plugging it, because I just know that when we all get to Indianapolis, I can leave, leave my wallet in the room, because you got me at St. Elmo's, right? You got me, right? <laughs> you know I get, 
Jay Hood, you know I got you, baby. Whatever you need, if I can cover you, I got you covered like a blanket. I can take down a lot of shrimp now, so just so you know. St. Elmo's, I'll just leave the wall in the room. It's all good. Everything's on you. Oh, don't worry. You and me both. And then it ain't going to be on me because I'm going to send that bill right to the people that pay me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Coach, I just want to reach out because uh, the Big Ten season has been really interesting to me, this college basketball season, and uh, look forward to seeing more from the Illini. Jay Hood, it's always a pleasure, brother. Have me, call me whenever you want. I have a great time every time we're on. You heard, Coach. You heard him. It's all on him at St. Elmo's in Indianapolis, the site of the Final Four for 2021 if we get there. That's awesome. Well, we thank you for listening and being part of the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast. We're growing this on a weekly basis. Support us on Captain J. Hood, the Captain J. Hood Morning Show, 7 to 10 a.m. Central Time, or catch it right here on the podcast. And, of course, this podcast falls on Spotify as well. Look for Under the Hood Basketball Podcast on Spotify. Subscribe it, unsubscribe it, then subscribe it, then unsubscribe it, then subscribe it. Uh, we definitely appreciate your support. The Under the Hood Basketball Podcast brought to you by DraftKings at Casino Queens Sportsbook. We'll talk to you again in another edition of the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. Hope you have a great new year. Let's keep talking basketball, college, pro, anything you need, I'm right here for you. It's Jonathan Hood right here on the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast.